What's up? You didn't think we'd do it, but here we are. We stuck with it. We're back. It's Thursday, and we've got two episodes for you this week. It's been a while, but it feels good. We've got enough content, and we're happy about it. Uh, we're diving into the A-list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was a great intro. I love that. Hey, we're bringing the heat, you know, it's, it's still Sunday. It's still the same day. We just recorded Tuesday's episode, but feels minute prior. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's hot in LA. Got no AC on while I record. I'm sweating in my chair, but it, you know, I'm feeling the energy. I'm feeling the vibes. Um, it's A-list, you know, life is crazy, but uh, rankings still need to continue. Now more than ever, we need to be able to judge people. Uh, so... <laughs> It's time to talk about the work all these agencies did the last year. Um, there are some movers, there are some shakers, there are some people I've never heard of, which I think that was the funny thing. Cole, Zach, and I were talking about it. It's like we pride ourselves on knowing a lot about advertising. And so when there's someone we haven't heard of, it's like, oh, who's that? So we do some digging, we learn a lot, and uh, we come away better for it. Um, I'm going to quickly talk about the broad category winners, and then I'm going to outline the top 10 of the A-list. We're going to give our thoughts on each of those, highlight our favorite agency standouts and agencies to watch for the year, and kind of give our general thoughts on um, on the advertising environment right now. I will say there is a huge difference in reading these as someone who works in the industry as opposed to someone who last year, if you listen to that episode again, uh, hadn't yet gotten into the industry, was still in school. Because it's funny, I will be honest, all these descriptions start to sound the same now. And I'm like, well, technically everyone does this, so, you know. I think what really differentiates these is the billing, um, the amount of new business wins, and uh, you know the amount of creative work. Uh, and if you have the good mix of the three, you're likely to be on this list, which makes it all the more impressive that Wyden and Kennedy is agency of the year for the third year in the row, and it's the only three-peat in AdAge's history uh, since they've been doing this, I believe since the 70s. Um, I could be wrong on that. Don't quote me. Much with anything on salad, there is always a possibility that I am incorrect. Um, nope, I was right. Uh, they started in 1974. Uh, Wyden is the only three-peat, and Wyden has won five times in 1992, 2011, 2018, 2019, and 2020. Uh, we will get into them a little bit more later, but moving on. Uh, Droga 5, Agency of the Decade. Uh, Zach and I disagree on this, so we're going to dive into that in a little bit um comeback agency of the year rga don't call it a comeback though because they're still making a shit ton of money um but they have really upped their creative game and they are way more invested in full solutions for clients uh, they've got that tech part nailed down uh multi-agent multicultural excuse me agency of the year is the community um which they've done a lot of great work and i will just be honest Having a name like the community for multicultural agency is just a 10 out of 10 name. Fits perfectly. Um, Adam and Eve, DDB, uh, International Agency of the Year. They have left the garden, but they still have the creativity with them. Uh, and they've been killing it as always. I, I, I do love their work. Uh, TBWA Media Arts Lab, uh, Creative Agency of the Year. Um, and also just continuing to do well after coming back uh, from from a pretty dire straits a couple of years ago. Uh, in-house agency of the year, Squarespace. No surprise there. Uh, we've talked about some of their stuff before this year, but uh, their Sesame stuff with uh, Oscar the Grouch, Sesame. one of my favorite ads. 
Sesame Street, you know. Uh, so speaking of, shout out Jerry Judy, uh, Bronco's newest wide receiver for his 2014 tweets about Big Bird. If you want to learn more about Sesame Street on the dark side of life, go check those out. Um, <laughs> uh, shout out to Cole, Media Agency of the Year, Media Hub. Um, uh-huh. Cole, we know that yeah. you're a part of one incredible thing over there. So congrats. That's an exciting thing to celebrate. Wow. Two years in a row. Definitely. Definitely. We've had, uh, we've been coming off of a run. I mean, 2019 was a crazy year. I mean, I joined the business and that was a big deal for them, you know, and uh, <laughs> I'm just, no, I'm just kidding. But um, no, they've, they've done a great job, won a ton of new business last year in 2019 and came off great success. Um, last year as well, they broke off um, from their parent company, Mullenlow. Um, so now Media Hub Global is its own entity. Uh, definitely exciting to kind of have your own vision and strength moving forward now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been a lot of big wins. We had Fox, we had um, a lot of really big, uh, good clients come in. Um, and honestly, it's just been crazy to watch the agency grow. I mean, it's something like I've never really experienced where when I started, you know, we had maybe less than 50 people in the LA office and now we're at over a hundred you know, so just watching that whole structure build around me was pretty was pretty crazy to see. Um, so yeah, I mean, a year of crazy growth for them. And obviously, I, I hope we keep winning. And I think we will. So nice. Yeah. Well, we're proud of you. You know, we're okay. happy for you. Our, our little Thank boy you. growing up before our eyes. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, but that is a good point you bring up. I mean, Obviously, a different amount of success rate, but one agency I was at in Phoenix that was quickly growing and was mm-hmm. on Ad Age's fastest growing agencies list last year, tied with Giant Spoon. Uh, you know, it's interesting to see the structure being built. You're kind of building the boat as you're sailing it, if you will. Mm-hmm. Think all the different exactly. people come in. It's, it's interesting, and I'm excited yeah. to see the run continue. Um, moving on, though. We've got the data and analytics agency of the year. Sorry, Cole Media Hub couldn't get everything. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> that was Essence who took that. No oh, surprise here. Design agency of the year, Collins. If you don't know who they are, check them out. They're fantastic. Um, this is the biggest disappointment for me. And no offense to him. I'm sure he's a great guy. Incredibly smart. Incredibly talented. You would have to be to get to his position. But Brian Wimp- Whipple, uh, Accenture Interactive executive of the year why ad age gave it to someone not in advertising <laughs> you know whatever <laughs> but get on accenture get on brian whipple well deserved they have done a lot they are making a lot of strides they are our competitors but at the same time they make us better what did you say cole <laughs> i said oh it's just a droga five executive that's why well no uh, you're, you're thinking of accenture interactive <laughs> ad agency not droga five droga five doesn't exist anymore <laughs> Uh, brand's wow. name of the year. Uh, no surprise. Look at one Fernando. step further. <laughs> <laughs> Fernando Machado, Burger King, uh, Popeyes, everything. Uh, CMO of the year, well deserved. Production company of the year, Smuggler, and uh, yeah, that's that's the that's the top top level. Um, I'm just bringing the heat today. What can I say? As it gets hotter in my room, I get spicier with my words. Um, no, I just saw an Adobe stock ad. <laughs> I did on AdAge. That's cool. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, let's dive into it. I'm going to start at 10. We're going to just quickly go through this. I'm giving us a minute each so we don't get too bogged down. Um, because there's a lot of jargon in these write-ups <laughs> as I get to that, but, uh, I'm going to start at number 10 here. Humanot. Um, I did not know of them. I had not heard of them. Um, before we get into it, one thing I will say, uh, every year ad age for the A-list does this huge event. 
they've got these fancy colorful blocks that people sit on and look edgy on and pose with. And I make fun of it, but like, I want to do it so bad. And uh, (laughs) they didn't do it this year, obviously because of COVID, they couldn't have their main event. So instead agencies submitted their own fun photos. And it is funny. You can kind of tell the personalities of the agencies. Humanot is everyone on a zoom call. Uh, Weber Shandwick is a lady kind of posing. Like she's, I think she's giving like a, like a keynote presentation. And there actually is a key now that I'm looking on the TV behind her. So it really is a keynote. Um, uh, Code and Theory is just their faces cut out. McCann is all of them on a stage. So it's kind of like a bit of a, you know, bit of a humble brag of like, look at all of us up here uh, above the rest of you. Uh, BBDO is a hand-drawn, colored-in kind of thing, which is cool. TVWA is all their Animojis. You know, they had to do that because of Media Arts Lab and Apple, but I love it. Mindshare is a Zoom call. Goodby is on like a Google Hangout Zoom call kind of deal, but on their laptops, so they're different. Johannes Leonardo, they're all posing by a Volkswagen car, their little little bus, so you know they're on brand. And then Wyden is a fucking beaver and a pigeon touching hands through their own glass enclosures uh, as Wyden <laughs> and Kennedy look at each other in a silhouette at the top. So obviously, you can if you want to look at the personalities of some agencies, go check those out. But... Uh, I digress. Let me get into Humanot here. Um, they're a project work-based agency. So you know they're very well set up for these times. And I think that that plays into a lot of agency success right now. Uh, those that are having to adra- adapt to more of a project model are struggling. Um, but the irony of this is that right now with COVID, I feel like there's so... like. Th- <laughs> the, the only secure billing right now is the AOR because you know you're getting that monthly retainer. Um, and with a lot of projects being stopped right now, it's got to be hard. Uh, so I hope that they are doing okay and getting by right now. Uh, I know it's a hard time for the industry. Something that's interesting I want to call out is they don't consider themselves an ad agency uh, because they try and do a different model, uh, which I think is any ad agency that calls itself a non-ad agency is like the ones that are successful right now, which is kind of funny. Um, they really try to do everything in-house from you know, doing their own testing uh, to you know, shooting the bulk of their work at a six thousand square foot studio they have, um, and they work mainly with challenger and emerging brands. Um, you know, so they're kind of like helping those those startups, those brands that maybe aren't well thought of, and, and kind of focusing on bringing solid, good, hardworking creative that has a huge lift in brand brand goals and brand metrics. And I think, especially right now, that type of work is super important for for brands. Um, They've got clients such as Holy Chicken, Organic Voices, Hello. Um, and I just want to give a shout out. Uh, Andrew Clark is one of their co-founders, but also their chief creative director. Uh, first name, David. Last name, Little John. And uh, up next, we've got Weber Shandwick. So I'm going to kick it over to you, Cole. <laughs> All right. Well, hard to follow there. But um, yeah, Weber Shandwick uh, is, comes in at number nine here. Um, and they're actually more of a PR-focused agency which is kind of interesting as well, though we did have uh, Edelman on the list last year. Um, So, you know, it's kind of interesting. I think that we see the A-list kind of expanding outside of just, you know, kind of our traditional agency model that you kind of think of as being advertising. Um, So I do like that they're kind of acknowledging how, you know, the industry is changing in a lot of different ways and, you know, creativity can come from a lot of different places. And I think that's what Weber Shandwick shows. Um, They're another IPG agency. So kind of a, brother from another mother here but um you know we've got um we've got uh, 
they did a big spot for Ancestry.com that was kind of a documentary around the Underground Railroad, which was really cool. Um, some of you guys might remember the Airbnb Barbie Dreamhouse. Boy, do um, I. They had a hand. I couldn't they had get a hand. <laughs> exactly. They had a hand in putting that together. And then also, too, probably their biggest one was the Bud Light uh, Cleveland Browns Victory Fridges um, <laughs> that were in uh, placed in Ohio last year. Incredible. Um, so I know yeah, a lot of people heard about that. Again, Budweiser doing some great stuff. But um, I think that that kind of exemplifies the cool creative work that, you know, a PR agency can do um, while getting a, a cool message out there. And then they also did the Pure Michigan um sounds ad which i I guess it was like an album that was based around sounds of uh michigan which is kind of interesting Mm. much much like a candle you can buy that smells like your hometown you can watch an ad that sounds like your hometown (laughs) la's wasn't as successful though it was just traffic and car horns Um, yeah i was gonna say a lot of major cities i don't know i don't know so much about that but (laughs) (laughs) but But, uh, uh yeah you know they've they've done a lot of great work and i think them being number nine on the list really highlights the importance of you know, PR agencies recognizing that PR has such a tie in with marketing that really they're best when they're combined together. I mean, we talked about Edelman was on the list last year and now they're on a uh, lower level at the, you know, (laughs) agencies to watch after being number four last year. Yeah. Number four, but Edelman was on that too because of their ability to integrate marketing and PR. And with Mm -hmm. that, uh, Zach, why don't you talk to us about code and theory at number eight? Cool. So yes, as Trent, you just said, coming in at number eight is Code in Theory. Um, this is also an agency that I did not know much about before this year. It seems to be a trend we've got some that all of us hadn't recognized, which I is mean, not... Exactly, exactly. We knew about it in theory. Don't don't sell us okay. self. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> can, mute him? can we mute him, please? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I got the control here. <laughs> but, um, so Code in Theory is kind of a, a unique agency in the sense that they approach the industry from a lot of different angles. Um, They were founded in 2001. 61% of their work is platform and product design. 23% is integrated marketing, 9% data, uh, 5% in business and organizational consulting, and 5% in experiential marketing. So they are kind of a jack of all trades. They, their client pool and the amount of work that they do is spanned across all of these different Uh, divisions. And that's kind of why they made it on the list this year, because as it says at the top, they've never been easy to define. But this year, it seems as though the marketing world caught up with everything that they do. Uh, They grew, they had a 25% increase in in billing, up to 90 million. And they've done a ton of work for brands like Morgan Stanley, Spotify, Mattel, uh, Thompson Reuters, and the NCAA. So well deserved on their part, nice to see all of these different pieces coming together and them, them finally getting to use that holistic approach effectively to boost business. Mm-hmm. And awesome. coming in at number seven, McCann World Group. I think McCann's philosophy can be summed up in this quote by their global creative chairman, Rob Riley. I don't think it's a bad thing to be the best at creating purpose-led work, but what we stand for is creating meaningful work that is results-driven. And I think, you know, as we continue to have the marrying of data and uh, you know creativity, I think that that is a good place to be in, of being able to use data to inform uh, the best creative insight and creative concept you can come up with, and then being able to track it and show that it worked. Um, so good on McCann. They have had uh, some pretty big stuff. You know, they obviously won a can and had a lot of um, really good you know press with their uh, their Microsoft ads. Um, if you remember the 
the kid um, that was using the uh, accessibility controller and like all the kids in the neighborhood were coming into his house and cheering him on. Uh, and they've done a lot of like more purpose-led stuff around that. They've also done True Name for MasterCard. Um, if you remember around the Super Bowl, uh, Verizon spots for the team wouldn't be here, talking about all the first responders. Uh, and also interestingly tying in with that quote from Rob Riley, uh, something that I wasn't aware of is they have Truth Central, uh, which is something they've started to build, and it comprises 25 million different data points about consumer behavior that they have in-house and they work on. Um, so as they continue to grow and they get more into data, McCann's on this list for finding better and better results as they go along. Now we're going to move into number six at BBDO. Uh, Zach, you want to hit us off there? Sure. Um, so BBDO, BBDO is an agency that we all have probably heard of. I know everyone in this chat has heard of this podcast. Um, and they've been on the list in the past. And so coming back onto the list this year had a lot to do with one uh, growth in revenue. They're up to $654 million from 641 in 2018. So they got a little bit of a boost there. Also, those numbers are gigantic. That just gives you a feel for how big they are. But number two is they found a way to sort of bring up all of their offices holistically. You always run into these struggles when you're a large agency conglomerate of maintaining quality at all of your different shops. Uh, and I think to their credit, a lot of the reason why they made it on the list this year, as is covered in this article, is the fact that all of the different players in all of their different cities really started to exemplify um, their global boutique mentality, as they say, uh, and offer unique yet very creative um, ads in all of their different places. On that same note, another reason and another thing that I'd like to highlight for the, um, for the list as a whole this year is mm -hmm. diversity. Uh, and female leadership is now at the top of Chicago, New York, Atlanta, Los Angeles, and Dallas offices of BBDO. Um, so they've really worked hard to to diversify the the leadership at a lot of their agencies, and that has really shown through their work. And I think that deserves a lot of recognition and has helped them get this spot on the A list. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think uh -huh. you know, it, I joke about it at the front of this, but one of the shames of doing this right now and having the a-list still come out is you know a lot of the agencies on this list you know even though they're the top 10 it doesn't mean they're immune to the environment going on and a lot of them have had to deal with layoffs including bbdo mm -hmm. you know who had mass layoffs and just recently too had to lay off uh you know their new york chief creative direct uh officer uh, greg hahn and production chief dave rolf and uh talking to people and from what i've been able to kind of glean it sounds like that was actually pretty big emotional hit and so thoughts go out to them and that company who hope they can turn it around and hope the people there uh, can continue to keep their jobs and wish them the luck landing on their feet i think unfortunately uh it's kind of a shitty time but um all these agencies still are the highlight of what we've been able to accomplish in the last year and i think speak to what we can accomplish in the future as we continue to adapt to this new environment um dropping in at number five cole uh do you want to share my thoughts here and predict what i'm going to say on Mindshare? Yeah, there you go. You got it. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I see. Yes, um, Mindshare. <laughs> mindshare is number five. It's like timeshare to our brains. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, one day you can rent it out. Just, you know, stay for a few days. That's how I feel right um, now. My brain's just rent it out yeah. somewhere. I don't know to who. <laughs> we, well, we rent out a little bit of our Mindshare to, you know, the, the audience every week, but... Um, this this week we're talking about Mindshare because they're number five in the agency ad agent A list. 
Um, so basically, as many of you guys probably know, Mindshare is a more of a media-focused agency. Um, they are a media agency, and they have um, clients like Dove, um, you know, people like Cosmo, L, Marie Claire. Um, they they do a lot of different spots, like um, for large brands such as Allergan, Blue Buffalo, uh, Spirit Airlines, and they also have Latanza and Dyson are some of their kind of standbys. Um, one kind of standout for Mindshare was that they actually didn't lose a single client in 2019. Um, so what you see a lot of times, I think, is a lot of comeback stories. They had kind of a rough 2018. They lost some bigger clients um, like HSBC and Jaguar Land Rover. But um, they were kind of able to balance off of that, grab a bunch of smaller client wins and add that to their already strong roster. Um, so that was really great. But what they really... Uh, stand out with is this neuroscience capability where they kind of work on finding, uh, so to speak, relationships between brands and customers. What it seems like they've really used this for is for finding uh, unique niches within consumer bases. So one of the big things that they did last year was um, for their client Dove is where they basically uh, got a bunch of stock photos of that were created by women and non-binary individuals. Um, to kind of create a stock photo collection that different brands uh, could use. And so these photos were then featured in a bunch of different magazines like Harper's Bazaar, O Magazine, again, like Cosmo, like I had mentioned before. Um, they were all kind of involved with this in getting these more diverse um, photos and perspectives out there. And so by using this kind of new technology, Mindshare was able to kind of identify and find these new smaller groups and then reach out to them as well. And so it's kind of leveraging data for kind of a good cause there as well. And uh, they also did some really cool, um, a lot of work for Buffalo Wild Wings. I know that I've been seeing a lot of their ads recently. I think that that brand has turned around um, in a lot of ways too. So yeah, Mindshare had a had a pretty good 20 uh 2019 so uh glad to see with them a timeshare on the a-list you know and... exactly and it's kind of weird to see a media agency there but i think that the way that they acknowledged um you know kind of more diverse individuals kind of trying to leverage data in interesting ways is is definitely definitely cool to see and hopefully more all all agencies start doing things like that so yeah cool. exactly um and moving into number four uh, up from number five last year. Uh, there have been a few that fell off this list, but TBWA is staying on it. Um, obviously, they're huge. It's a wild Omnicom network, and uh, they've got almost like <laughs> over 11,000 employees across 275 offices in 95 countries. You know, it's kind of wild. Um, but their, uh, their worldwide revenue is now up from $1.4 billion in 2017 to uh, $1.5 in 2018. And they don't have numbers for 2019 yet, but apparently the agency hit its fifth consecutive year of growth, which is a really big comeback for an agency that was struggling at the start of the 2010s. Uh, they had 19 business uh, new business wins, only lost Intel uh, and Accenture as well, because now Accenture has Droga. Um, but it's pretty wild. You know, they had their best showing in Cannes, uh, earning 18 Lions and finishing as the fifth ranked individual agency in the world. And, you know, also along that way, they won Mountain Dew, Facebook, Groupon, among their other wins. Um, so we see TBWA continuing to grow. And I think, you know, I'll leave you with this quote. Uh, 
what do we know to be true about who we are? You know, what are the values we want our agency to be defined by? And chief among them, they are be kind to each other, but be hard on the work and uh, take care of each other while harnessing disruption. And I think that that is honestly the right mentality that I think most agencies have, but it's good to see it called out. Um, be kind to each other, be hard on the work, and then listen to Salad every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, moving on to number three, uh, what do we got here? We got Johannes Leonardo. Zach, you want to dive into that bad boy? Yes, uh, Johannes Leonardo is number three this year. This is an agency that captured my heart uh, and captured the attention of the industry for their work on Adidas. Uh, that's kind of what they've been known for. They've had some other clients, but really that's been their major client that has helped catapult them into the spotlight over the past few years. However, 2019 was a huge year for them. Um, they brought aboard nine new clients, uh, Kraft Heinz, Venmo, The Gap among them. Uh, with revenue growth of up to or with revenue growth of 50 million, which was the best in their 13 year history. So this this agency is only 13 years old. So they're relatively new as well. Um, and the biggest of those accounts that they brought in was probably Volkswagen. Uh, and that's what is I'm assuming the main reason that they're at number three on the list this year. But their approach to creativity is to pitch big creative ideas that can last years rather than incremental solutions. And we actually covered an article from Leo Primatico, who is the creative officer there, talking about just that. Uh, so you should go watch that episode if you want to hear more about their approach, because it's a really great piece. And we covered all of this in depth. But that sort of thinking is what led them to win Volkswagen and kind of bring them back from the dead after their scandal that happened a few years back. Um, they were struggling. And this year, this year, meaning 2019, just to clarify, not 2020. Uh, in 2019, Johannes Leonardo or Johannes Leonardo helped launch the Drive Bigger campaign, which was the new campaign for Volkswagen. Awesome uh, campaign. It's an amazing campaign. It really it has a nostalgia factor. It draws back to the Think Small campaign that they first launched. Uh, and it also is their vision for the future in electric vehicles and, and how we're going to drive moving forward. It's It's been very successful, very touching, and and the main reason that Johannes Leonardo is deserving of the number three spot. Yeah, and staying pat at number two, two years in a row. Uh, Cole, you want to dive into uh, good old Goodby? Yeah, good old Goodby. Um, a familiar face here at the top. Um well, I think that there's a lot of reasons that, you know, Goodby's at the top, uh, you know, as there's a lot of reasons that Wyden's at the top, too. Um, but, you know, Goodby is a huge agency leader. Um, you know, this year they produced four uh, ads for the Super Bowl uh, for Frito-Lay, Cheetos, uh, Doritos, uh, SodaStream and Pepsi itself. Um, so that's a record for their, for the agency. Um, so, you know, that's a standout in and of itself. And they also had that, uh, little Nas X, Sam Elliott <laughs> dance battle. Um, the mustache you know, you can argue the mustache. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, with the good and the bad there, but they're definitely making waves. If anything, um, they also won a lot of new business last year, uh, including HP truly, um, PayPal and uh, SodaStream, as mentioned earlier. And uh, we actually, I remember we talked about Goodby a few months ago when they released a BMW ad that was really kind of outside of the norm. Um, they worked to kind of identify a new 
um, kind of younger subset of BMW buyers that the brand could speak to, um, you know, that kind of skew younger, looking for more diversity and uh, inclusion within advertising, you know, something that's really kind of different from BMW's normal customer base and uh, could be delivered on that in a lot of ways. They also helped turn HP around through uh, uh, some cool spots as well um so you know i mean i feel like this is kind of a story of they were they were already kind of on the top and they've maintained that position well you know they haven't lost uh they haven't lost a lot of clients they've um really maintained and you know continue to put out good challenging work so yeah props to goodby so thought <laughs> yeah and at number one um wyden and kennedy as i mentioned at the top of the episode the first three pete in ad ages a-list history um just continuing to crush it 21 new business wins including fisher price facebook hp omen magic leap Michelob ultra trolley uh they even do media for quibi on top of stuff like old spice kfc um all their existing brands and did you uh, say they do media for quibi so yeah. they were responsible for dumping all of those ads on tiktok and instagram <laughs> Well, I don't know if you guys know this, but Quibi had initially bought um, March Madness spots. And <laughs> what they did instead was they just transferred all that money into social. So as like a media, like that's a lot of money to put into social. That's pretty funny. <laughs> hey, anyway, man, that's sorry. <laughs> you know, it's like a good sponge. You know, you want to oversaturate it. So it drips just a little bit, but you know, it's working. Um, yeah, revenue yeah. up 14.1% in the US and 8% globally. Um, and I think still to this day, call me biased, you can, it's fair, but wouldn't ask for a better representative of creativity and the direction the industry should go than Wyden and Kennedy being at the top for three years straight as an independent. I think it highlights their prowess. And of course it helps that they're bankrolled by Nike, um, <laughs> which a lot of other agencies that are independents don't have that benefit, but they're doing great work, and it's great to see them recognized on the top of a really well-rounded and somewhat surprising A-list this year. I think uh, it's cool and good for the industry to see, um, even though there is one standout at the top two that's been consistently there, it's cool to see that there's fresh blood coming in every year. Um, it means we're competitive, it means we're making great work, and it means it's, you know, <laughs> we're all standing out in our own ways. Um, I'm going to touch on... A couple quick agency standouts and agencies to watch with you guys. And then I want us to talk about Droga 5 being agency of the decade as we close out this episode. My agency standout uh, from the list they provide is Mother. Um, Mother London has obviously always killed it, being their headquarters. Um, you notice that with a lot of agencies, it feels like the home office is always the one that's a little bit ahead of the curve. And the satellite offices sometimes feel like satellite offices as they try and build themselves up to that same level. I think it's what's been impressive about Wyden, having their New York office be just as impactful as their Portland office. And I think something you've seen in the US is Mother New York and Mother LA here have really started to blow up, um, having a ton of new business wins, uh, including, you know, uh, let's see, TripAdvisor, Sonic, Wrangler, and Instagram, uh, on top of a few others, 32% growth, um, which is on track now to double its size in four years. So They've done some cool stuff for Stella. Uh, they've done some cool stuff for Wrangler, also with Lil Nas X, uh, Martha Stewart with Postmates. And uh, yeah, uh, just happy to see them. Happy for all the people that are still working over that I know of and good to see them on this list. Zach, who's your, who's your standout you want to highlight? Right before I do that, 
just because I wanted to say this little piece about Wyden and Kennedy, because they deserve all of the praise. Uh, not only did they three-peat this year, um, but no other agency has ever won more than three times. So they just won three years back to back. They've won five times in total, and no other agency has ever won more than three. Uh, so that's just something that I needed to call out as well, because it's it, it really just does show how impressive that they've been, not only over the past few years, but throughout their entire existence. Um, okay, now going into agency standouts. Uh, my standout for this year is um, Gut, which has only been around for, I believe, two years. Very new agency. Um, founded by some executives from David Miami originally that spun off to make their own independent shop. Um, and in the past year, they've they've won Kraft Heinz for Philadelphia cream cheese, Tim Hortons, AB InBev um, with assignments for Natty Light. And most notably last year, uh, helped Popeyes launch the chicken sandwich uh, and facilitated their growth through that ridiculous response to to the sandwich they um they were a big player in the open sunday sticker that was obviously a jab at chick-fil-a uh and the i'm back posters which again it came back on chicken sandwich day which was a sunday um notifying everyone that after the chicken sandwich went out the first time that it was back so they've been a really interesting player uh came out of nowhere with some very strong leadership and have really bust onto the scene in a big way so i think they're very deserving of that standout Nice. And Cole, who do you, who do you have we want to highlight? Um, so as, as we're living in the pandemic, uh, digital experiences are becoming more and more important. Um, so the one that I chose to highlight is Work & Co. Um, so Work & Co. kind of does a lot of stuff, I'd say a little bit more maybe behind the scenes and creating a lot of UI, um, really interesting brand experiences uh, within the digital space. Um, so you might know them from things like um, they help design Lyft's uh, website, um, TechCrunch as well, um, Aldo, and then also to Aesop. I don't know if you guys know of Aesop, but they have like really amazing yeah, branding. Yeah, it's um, Exactly. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the fables and the lotions. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, really cool work there. So I just thought it'd be it'd be cool to highlight them. Um, yeah, just because, you know, kind of, again, expanding um, our view of what is advertising, what is branding. Um, also, too, they created a uh, digital storefront within Fortnite which is pretty cool. Um, honestly, I'm of the camp that I think this Fortnite's going to become like a new social media platform. Um, I don't know if you guys saw there's like a Travis, there was a Travis Scott. Scott concert just this week that was pretty crazy as well. Uh, streaming on Twitch, uh, if you guys are interested. Um, but yeah, so cool stuff going on there. Working co. Nice. And um, yeah, I think, you know, there's some agencies to watch too. Um, that have been pretty cool. Uh, if you want to touch on those, Zach, I know you had one you wanted to call out with a pretty wild name. Yeah, yeah, I do want to call out this one real quick. Uh, an agency to watch named Mojo Supermarket. Um, yes, of all names, Mojo Supermarket um, was founded and is, I, I think, deserving of being of being watched. Their creative director, Mohammed Saeed, was among uh, the creatives at Droga 5. And in the course of a year, he left Droga 5, started his own agency um, bought all of the old computers uh, from Barton F. Graff as they decided to close to keep the spirit alive, as they like to say, uh, and has won a Ken Lion and a Clio. 
for work on Adidas, Casper, Bowery Mission. So a lot of crazy stuff. But I, w- I would like to point out the reason and sort of the fuel of the fire behind this is that Saeed was asked to be removed from a client's account because of his race. Uh, it was a demand from the client. And that's kind of what started this entire journey that he's brought himself on to starting his own agency and winning awards left and right. So I think that's just such a special story and, and really deserving of any sort of praise and call out that we could possibly give it. Yeah. And, and major respect for, I feel like a lot of people that can be something that discourages you, breaks you down. And I have no doubt that that was extremely difficult to deal with, especially early on in his career, but major respect to him for saying, fuck that and fuck what people think and, and making your own path and yes, doing damn well to make sure that you are at the top at the end of the day. Um, so I love that and love the fact that they're keeping the spirit of uh, <laughs> good old Barton alive. Mojo um, <laughs> Mojo Supermarket, the uh-huh. hit soundtrack title for some kind of European uh, techno bop album, I'm sure somewhere. But um, we're going to talk about Droga Five a little bit here. Um, you know, we're at the close of the episode. We want to save your ears some energy, but this is something Zach and I have talked about a lot. Um, Droga Five being agency of the decade is interesting to me, and I think that there are two ways you can look at it. On the one hand, Droga Five literally is advertising and i give them shit because i'm disappointed that they chose that level of safety and security that being a part of a broader organization brings and i think doing that they've lost their way a little bit in terms of their creative output their freedom i mean but here's the thing droga hasn't been an independent since 2013 um, because really they gave a 49 percent stake to wme and you know, they still did great work then, and here's hoping they can continue to do great work with Accenture, you know, but I feel like while they, you know, they started in 2006, they fucking blew up that first half of the 2010s, they were killing it. And I feel like we can call out great things they've done, like that HBO Bud Light partnership in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, did you say MailChimp, um, the IHOB instead of IHOP, um, all these great campaigns but i feel like it just they haven't had the same amount of impact the same amount of hit there hasn't been as many of them it feels like it's slowed down it feels like in my mind they're crawling into the 2020s a little bit especially now that we can't see their revenue figures we don't know how they're performing uh, which is a plus of being part of accenture um we do know that they had their first year of losses in 2018 and then they got bought um and my question is should you be the agency of the decade if you're crawling into the next one or does it just matter that you shined bright in this time and it doesn't matter if you were set up for success in the next one or not? Because I feel like Droga 5 really owned the first half of the 2010s and Wyden, as evidenced by their three-peat, has owned the second half of the 2010s. And I would lean towards Wyden there, although Droga has great work under their belt. And so I'm curious for your thoughts, Zach and Cole, on that. And of course, we talk about these things because we have nothing else to do right now. <laughs> I think that the reason that it's given to them because keep in mind this has been given to them now uh by ad week and ad age yeah uh, we've, we've been talking about this for months because this this debate deserves discussion um i think part of the reason why both of the publications have given it to droga is because they came like you said in from nowhere in 2006 and just like shook the agency like the industry to its core it really disruptive campaigns really they were the talk of of everyone you know in the industry in that first half they have slowed down a little bit um 
and depending on how you look at it, it ended in success in selling or um, a failure in selling, depending, you know, that, and people can debate that all day. But I think the reason that a lot of people give them this name and the credit of this is just because of how impactful and how revolutionary they were at the beginning of the decade. Um, Wyden Kennedy has been the best agency in the world for a long time, and they've continued to create great work. But it speaks volumes to be able to come into a already incredibly crowded market, immediately blast yourself to the top and start stealing awards, business and creative chops from literally everyone. And I think that's why people give it to Droga, because they they were born just before the start of this decade, made it to the top and now are competing with the world's best and had a run of like five years that was untouchable. So. Mm-hmm. I think they had seven years straight as like a top agency, a list ad week stuff. They yeah. Had a huge I'm looking at it right now. They were nine years in a row from yeah. 2010 to 2018. Yeah. I mean, look, they've done great work. Um, and so I think it's a fair point you bring up. I am very curious. 2020 is going to be a huge reset point. Um, not just for advertising, but for marketing, for the economy. And mm-hmm. as we kind of unfortunately approach this next recession, I mean, there's 22 plus million people laid off right now. Yeah, Marketing is extremely difficult. I, even just working in advertising right now, it's like everything you do is under the lens of, is this meaningful? Does it have an impact? Are we saying the right thing? Are we going to upset someone? You want to do right by people. You want to do right by the brand. It's harder than ever. And I think it's going to be very interesting as we have this reset to see who comes to the top in these next couple of years. I'm very curious to see mm-hmm. if ad age does an A-list in 2020, which I would assume they would, but then also you think about how much people have had to pause. Can you really evaluate them depending on how long this goes on? Um, I'm curious to see who comes out on top at that next one. And I think the next two or three years are going to be really interesting to see and set the tone. My hope mm-hmm. is that, along the way, we don't lose a lot of these smaller independents. I kind of had the realization the other day, kind of laughing. I'm like, fuck, man, even if Barton F. Graf didn't close the end of this last year, they might have still had to close anyway. And so we hope that, yeah. you know, you've talked about, you know, a lot of these smaller agencies are able to get new business lo- or the, the business loans. Um, we hope that a lot of these independents can continue to stick in because I think the, in my mind, I view Droga as that famous quote of you, you, die a hero you live long enough to see yourself become a villain and for someone like droga to be able to come in who you know him being the most awarded creative in the can lion history you know to come in start an independent and bring it to the top unlike we've never really seen before other than widen i think shows that it can be done and it can be done again and i hope that some of these independents can continue to keep pushing the industry forward much like droga has this last decade yeah i think yeah i think i think that's that speaks to it in so many ways. I mean, I feel like that's that's kind of the thing that we talk about. Again, it's like what defined the decade. It's like you look at Droga 5. Yes, they were on the A-list in 2010, but like they started in 2006. They were founded in 2006 and there was a super small agency. And, you know, building from that to what they had become, like the sort of name recognition and how well they were lauded by, you know, the middle of the decade, I think just speaks to, you know, then unfortunately what happened in the end of the decade, you know, and I think that, you know, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but it reflects some broader trends in the industry. And it's like, you look at what happened in the 2010s and the 2000s even, and it's kind of reflective of that. 
But I think that your point, Trent, that this is almost like a reset. I think it's a big reset in a lot of different ways. I mean, not only are we entering a new decade, but coronavirus has really kind of, yeah, I think reset our priorities in ways that we don't even know yet. You know, we're still in the midst of this thing and we don't know what things are going to look like six months from now. Um, so I think that the, the A-list next year, I, and I think that they should do an A-list next year, actually, because though people are going to be on hard times, I think that this is also an opportunity in a lot of ways, because to Zach's point, I think smaller agencies are in many ways more, um, you know, more, uh, adapted to be able to handle this sort of thing because they can, they like, cause they can adapt, you know, they have small creative teams that can whip out projects within a couple of weeks, things that brands need moving it. You know, people talk about moving at the speed of culture now more than ever, that's going to be necessary because, you know, people aren't going to be in as many big offices and things like that. You're going to have to work quicker and be a lot scrappier than you were before. Um, and I think that small agencies are going to do that way be better than big agencies. Um, so I think that honestly, it's going to be really interesting when we look at this list next year. And when we, and I mean, again, even further down the line, what what is the agency of the decade for the next 10 years? You know, I think that agency hasn't even been discovered yet. Um, either that or it's widened. So <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll either be them or it'll... I, I think to your point, I think it's I think it's someone that we don't know of yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I think, and I think that that means that it's in a good place, unless it's Accenture Interactive, in which case I'm I'm quitting the industry and I'm living in a cabin in the woods <laughs> for the rest of my days. <laughs> exactly, and I mean that's the thing is you want to hope that. You know, things are moving to that smaller model where, again, we can have the creativity kind of live a little bit more purely. I mean, again, it's like I hope that we get more Fernando Machados out there that, you know, that's a market that can support guts and yeah. you know, those smaller agencies that can really make waves and do new cool things. I think that that's the challenge to all the CMOs out there is to not use this as a time to revert back to... I mean, look, now more than ever, oh God, I hate that phrase. You see it on every <laughs> ad. Uh, right now, like you think about it, like those hard hitting kind of really performance driven metrics, like not really high level awareness, but like, let's get conversions, let's get signups. You know, those types of ads are going to be the most effective right now for brands because CMOs are going to be able to show that they're still getting growth. They're still hitting metrics in a lot of different ways right now. But I think the important thing for CMOs and the big challenge for them is to still keep pushing boundaries with a broader awareness brand heavy work and and still being creative with the increase in the more performance driven advertising too that we're going to have right now and i think if we can hit the balance of that and we can not revert too far back one way i think we can strike a balance moving forward but it's going to be the work of the brands it's going to be a work of the agencies it's going to be work of all the people that are a part of those and we'll see what happens but I think unless we have anything else we want to add, I think that's probably about as good a place as we can end this, honestly. I mean, we've hit the lists, we've hit the insights, and uh, you know, I think we had our own A-list of an episode ourselves, uh, if I must say. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it for me. I'm done talking. If you guys got anything else you want to add, go for it. Otherwise, Cole, you can, you can hit him with what you made him waiting for last Tuesday. Send it off, Cole. Ooh, ooh 
Well, everyone, uh, hope you keep tuning in and have an ad-tastic week. <laughs>